welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast. Happy February. I hope you guys all noticed that we had an angel number day, February 2nd. So 2, 2 of 22. Angel number. Four numbers in a row of the same number. Significant. So everybody has an angel number. So Google it. Look up info on angel number. It's kind of cool. So I don't really know what mine is. I haven't I haven't picked mine or haven't noticed mine yet. But if your angel number is 2222, then it was a pretty awesome Tuesday also. I mean, come on. It was Tuesday. Two, 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 two. There'll be another one sort of on February 22nd. That'll be five twos in a row. That won't happen again until March of 33. So anyway, it's another month. Um, Last week's episode got lots of feedback about that because it's very, very typical. Um, It's almost like I do this for a living. Very typical. We start out the year strong. We have all this momentum, motivation. Our bodies are full of glycogen and sugar from our holidays. And then we get a couple weeks into our New Year's resolutions and we get tired and it's not fun anymore. We lose our motivation and we all fall down and say, screw this. I'd rather be fat and happy than have to actually gut something out. Um, but a lot of feedback from last week, appreciating, um, the message, which is you don't have to abandon all of it, but it's okay to adjust down. It's okay to say, all right, I maybe went a little crazy. I maybe went a little aggressive. Maybe I could pick what's working and stick with it. And if there's something here that isn't sustainable, either tweak it or let it go. Um, so I'm really proud of all of you who are sticking with it, determined to make this a better year in your life than last year. Um, by consistently putting effort in to make some changes. So way to go. Way to go, everyone. Um, so the I'm really excited about this week's uh, podcast. I'm super stoked. I did not prepare this podcast early like I did last week because I procrastinated. And I was also really busy. But um, last weekend, I got to see my family and I got to see my son I had not seen my son since May of 2021. So it had been a long, it felt like forever. And so he flew in to Miami last week on um, Friday. And I just, I can't, I can't tell you the joy and the glee of seeing my child. It's so weird because I, you know, he doesn't live with me. He hasn't lived with me in a few years. And I, you know, he's, he lives in North Carolina and it's just weird because my daily life is my daily life. He has a daily life. We don't talk a whole lot. He's a 23-year-old boy. He's not going to be calling his mom all day, every day and chatting. Um, we keep up. But, you know, I kind of I kind of leave him be. If I don't hear from him for a little while, I check in with him. But no news is good news. He's doing well. Um, and so it's just kind of weird to just think like, yeah, I have a kid. It felt like a lifetime ago. And he's just living an adult life somewhere else. And I'm living my life here. And and then I see him and it's like no time has passed and it's my baby boy and my heart explodes. And he came um, to the airport. I was renting a car so that we could drive across the state. I, my niece and my son came into town and my car only holds two people because it's a Mazda Miata and it's so freaking cute, but it's zero utility. 
it does nothing except has wheels and gets you there and the top comes off, which is why I bought it. Um, I get stopped at gas stations a lot or I get asked by guys, oh my gosh, is this a whatever, whatever car? And I'm like, the top comes off. That's all I know about this car. I love it. And the top comes off. So um, that's zero utility. You can fit. If someone asks me to pick them up from the airport, I say, yes. Do you have luggage? If you have luggage, then no, because I don't have a trunk that holds more than a couple of bags of groceries and is actually full of boot camp signs. Um, but if it's just you and a little bag, I can pick you up from the airport. So I couldn't, I could have picked Steven up from the airport, but my niece also coming into town. So I had to rent a car in order to drive us across the state. My parents are spending a couple months down in Venice, Florida on the Gulf side. So I was in line for my rental car and he had landed and he just walked up to me in the line. And when I saw him, it was like, it's just a feeling that I can't even describe. It's just, it's my baby. It's like no time has passed. He just, he lights my whole being up in a way that nothing, no one, nothing, nothing can touch it. And um, as it should be, he's my baby boy. He's my little Stevie. My Steven Weaven was his nickname. Now he goes by Steve-O. But anyway, so he came in and um, I was immediately trying to take some selfies with him and he wasn't really smiling. And uh, I said, you're not smiling, smile. And he's like, well, there's a reason for that. Um, my tooth really hurts. And I was like, what, whoa, what's going on? And um, he, long story short, he had uh, some tooth pain and he hadn't been dealing with it. He started a new job. He didn't have time to go to the dentist. He doesn't really care. And um, he's just like, oh, I'll just put some more on it. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I don't really know. Like we're gonna get in the car, drive across the state, have a long weekend with your grandparents. If you're in pain, we need to address this. So I, I just Google on my phone, like emergency dentist, thinking, okay, if I could get him into a dentist, they could take a look and maybe get him an antibiotic if there's an infection in the gum or something. I couldn't see anything. Not like, you know, you know how you see people like their engine light goes on and they pull over and pop the hood and look. I was like, what do you, what exactly are you looking for? Do you know anything about what it's supposed to? Have you ever looked under a hood before to know what is normal? I mean, unless there's a sign that pops up that says, this part is broken with a little flag and a little flashing arrow. I'm not going to pop my hood. It's not going to tell me anything. I mean, I guess if it was splattered in oil or something, but even then, what is that really going to tell me? There's a problem. Well, guess what? A light went on and already told me that. So him opening his mouth and me looking was kind of going to be the same thing. Like, oh, wow, there's, it's the gum is red. I mean, what the hell? I, I you know, I'm, what, I'm 10 years away from my, my dental degree. So googled emergency dentist miami found this uh place fitness dental i called them this was three o'clock on a friday hi my son just landed he's got tooth pain is there any way i could just bring him in so you could take a look at it they said yeah sure come on in they said to come on in at three o'clock on a friday so we drove right there went on in amazing beautiful brand new dental space i'm saying all this because i want everyone in miami to go to this place they were phenomenal so got him in did an x-ray um found the problem he had a horrible um infection in a tooth an abscess i don't know it i'll spare you details but um they did an x-ray they extracted the tooth and stitched it up gave him antibiotics and sent us on our way but they i mean they stopped everything to handle it they were so kind it's a husband and wife that opened this dental shop they were amazing. And this whole process, so x-rays, 
um, a giant vial of Novocaine because when tissue is infected, it's really hard to numb it. My child went through such agony in that chair. Oh my God. Um, and extraction, stitches, all this aftercare stuff, 300 bucks. I thought it was, I'm like, you know, we're here. This is going to be a grand. I mean, easily. 300 bucks. And they were amazing. So Dental Fitness, they're in Miami Shores. Um, I immediately um, scheduled my next appointment for this week to go in there. I'm like, you are now my dentist. Anyway, so got him squared away. My niece landed. Super awesome to see her. I hadn't seen her since May. Since I saw her last, she eloped and got married. And so, so much to talk about. So packed them up in the car. We took off on the, our little road trip across the state. So it's about three and a half hours between Miami um, and uh, Venice, which when I told people that my parents are in Venice for a couple weeks, especially in Miami, they assume, you know, like like Venice across the ocean. Um, but I'm like, no, my parents are from Minnesota. They're from originally from Iowa. Okay, like Venice, Florida is as exotic as they're ever going to get. There's no Venice... Um, across the ocean happening in the Bow family. But anyway, so we had this great great road trip. Steven was sleeping in the backseat or, or laying there with the ice pack on his face. Poor kid. But he immediately started to feel better. This infection had been slowly poisoning him and would have killed him. Um, so thank God he came here and mom could handle it. Anyway. Um, and then I got to hear all about married life from my niece. So she and her husband, um, so weird to say that. They settled in a little mountain town in North Carolina, kind of near Asheville. And she is obsessed with coffee. She has a business degree. She's always wanted to have um, like a coffee shop. And so she's working for a coffee roastery. So she's learning about roasting coffee and then, you know, married life. And the wonderful thing about being 21 and a newlywed um, is that now all of a sudden, now that she's married, she knows everything. And so it was nice to be told, you know, I, I don't know anything I'm uh, I'm only 43 and I've been twice divorced and um you know I haven't done a whole lot but I I'm really glad that my niece at 21 knows everything cuz now I can learn from her. So I will just now call her for everything I need. So that's it's great. Um so I mean health and nutrition too. So her husband and her husband's mom are are into holistic nutrition. So you know I'm a personal trainer. I'm a NASM certified personal trainer. I'm a NASM certified nutritionist. I've lost 250 pounds. Um, I help people change their bodies, change their lifestyles, get healthy. Um, but I actually don't know anything compared to um, my my niece's husband's mom. So I, you know, I'm just gonna start booking sessions with her because she knows everything. So I got to learn a lot. Um, can you hear my sarcasm? I love my niece. I'm really happy for her. But uh, it was uh, it was interesting to be to be quote unquote schooled. Um, all weekend. Um, so that was fun. I'm, uh, I'm really glad. So my niece has never, from my estimation, has never been an unhealthy person, but apparently she was at death's door until, um, her husband's family saved her life. So thank God for that. (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. I'm being a brat. Um, anyway, so it, it, but it was really nice to catch up and hear about married life and, um, just, yeah, it's a big life change. Uh, my sister eloped, at the age of 16 and never in our wildest dreams, never in her wildest dreams did she ever imagine that her daughter would also elope, especially in the 21st century. There's no need to elope. She's not pregnant. Nobody was against the marriage. Like you're adults. You can just say, Hey, we're getting married and then get married, but they wanted to elope. So elope they did. And so it was very strange. 
And um, they always say history repeats itself. But with something like that, you just don't – we didn't imagine that was actually going to happen, especially because um, my niece is, you know, really smart and uh, went to high school, graduated college. She's been, you know, hardworking and has a good head on her shoulders. There's really no reason to elope. But they had their reasons and they did it and they're happy as clams. So Godspeed. And now we're planning a, like a wedding celebration in Minnesota to so we can all attend and – mazel or something I don't know the whole thing is confusing to me but that's fine because it's not my deal and I'm just really really happy that my niece is happy so uh but it's it's all just very strange it's like a situation that you know you don't expect especially because there's only two there's only two grandkids my son and my niece that's it like we're a small family and then we had a small we each had small families so there's one granddaughter there's one grandson so the one granddaughter eloped it's like what we don't even get one, like, wedding out of the deal. And um, so it's all very strange. But so we had a nice little drive across the state. We stopped at Taco Bell for dinner, which um, I haven't eaten at Taco Hell. Amanda and I stopped at Taco Hell um, on our Keys trip. And so we stopped at Taco Hell. I didn't even know the kids liked it. We just need something that Stephen could eat with, to take his antibiotics and that he could chew with half of his mouth numb and stitched. Um, but sidebar... You can eat pretty much anywhere and stick to your goals. If you have to stop at Taco Hell, a chicken soft taco and a beef soft taco are actually um, pretty decent on the macros, um, carbs, fats, protein, and filling. So went to Taco Hell. It was awesome. Got back on the road. We got in kind of late. Went right to my parents. They're staying in a little, like, um, it's a little mobile home park with these little modular homes, and it's only for old people, which is fine because they're old. And they don't, you know, they don't make noise. But we rolled in. We got to see my parents. It was so, so nice to see my parents. And they hadn't seen the kids in a long time. They hadn't seen the kids since. Well, they've seen Sam, but they hadn't seen Steven since Christmas of 2020. So it was just so nice. My, um, you know, I, I, I love my family. You guys, if, if those of you who followed my podcast, you've heard the trajectory of my relationship with my family and the ups and the downs. And most recently, kind of my, my neural retraining, my brain retraining and in kind of reconnecting with my mom and finding that mother-daughter love that 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 I had not been fostering. And so it was just seeing my parents now is such a different experience for my heart because I it's just all just genuine love. And the story is died. And the stories and the history is just it doesn't come to my mind. It doesn't poison my thoughts. It doesn't skew how I look at them. It's just, it's been set completely outside of my mind. And I see my parents and I just see them um, as my mommy and my daddy. And I love them. And it's just such a new, still such a new, beautiful experience. So um, it was great. We went and then the next day we, um, we had a, like a, I don't know, I guess brunch, lunch with my parents. And then uh, my sister was also down there. And now I have, I've talked about that on the podcast too. My sister and I um, have had a, we've had, I don't even know what to call it, but my sister and I have had a tough go of it. And she, I guess to sum it up, like she just, there's been miscommunications and there's been a lot of stories going on behind the scenes that were untrue, um, assumptions made, things said, and so she believed some things um, about me that weren't true, and she had an opinion of me that that was not, I don't know, I guess, 
I don't even know how to talk about it delicately. My sister didn't like me and we weren't talking. The end. And it's been really painful for me. I have been, I missed her. I've missed her. I, I just miss her. I love my sister. She lights me up. She's hysterically funny. She's super smart. She does so much for so many people and she deserves the biggest, greatest, most amazing life. And yet she spends all of her time helping other people. Sacrificial lamb. She does so much and people take advantage of her and she works ridiculously hard, gets paid not enough money. I mean, she, she's, she's amazing. And so the fact that my sister like just doesn't like me, is heartbreaking. And You know, and I bought into that story too of like, my sister doesn't like me, which I guess I never had proof of, but long story short, lots of miscommunications. And I had sent her a a Marco Polo. Um, If you guys aren't using Marco Polo, by the way, you need to. Marco Polo is an app to send video messages. So instead of texting or calling, which phone calls, I hate phone calls, um, you can just quick record a video message and send it and then they can quick record a video message back. And so I use it in my coaching business. it's so great. Literally, my clients can send me a Marco from the grocery store and video holding up um, some tortillas. Is this a good brand? What do you think about the specs on this? And I can, if I'm walking down the beach path, I can respond to them right there with a video and talk to them. And same with keeping in touch with people I love. I can send them a video message and talk versus sending a text that I'm, I'm never going to send a text that long. So I sent her a Marco and I just, you know, I kind of laid everything out. Like, I miss you. I love you. I, I tried to clarify some of the story that had been miscommunicated to say, this is my side. Um, I don't know what you believe, but this is my, this is my truth. And I just, you know, I want to explain myself. Um, and I hadn't heard back from her. She tried to call me and I hadn't been able to take her call. And so I hadn't talked to her. And um, so we're sitting there at lunch. She came and sat down. And the last couple of times I've seen her, like there hasn't been a lot of eye contact and it's just been hard. We've tried, like we've said before, let's start over. And then we've tried and then something happens or something is said and, and we stop talking again. And, you know, she's gotten mad at me and she's, I'm not hanging around to drive, but she's believed things about me that are not true. And I've been really eager and anxious to accept that I've been misunderstood. That's my role is like, I've played the martyr too. And, um... So she sat down across from me and I just got eye contact with her and I just said, hi, in person, I'm sorry and I love you. And she said, I'm sorry too and I love you. And just like that, it was like, air is clear, the end. We didn't have to rehash. We didn't have to dig in. Everybody knows what they did or didn't do or said or didn't say. It's just start over. I love my sister. That rules that wins and I've been spending a lot of time thinking about my sister and I as kids kind of like I did when I was you know doing the rewiring of my brain with my mom with my mom I imagined being her and I imagined the love that she felt when the doctor handed me to her as a baby because I remember that feeling when my son was handed to me. And that's that's what I soaked my brain and my emotions in every time I thought about my mom for months. And it worked. It erased the story of all the circumstances that have happened in my entire life and just brought back the most powerful force, the only force that there is, love. And so with my sister, I've done the same thing. I've thought about the times as kids when we played. And then the times as adults when my sister backed me up, rescued me, stood up for me. I could not talk back to my first husband. He ruled and controlled me and I was a complete terrified mess. And she would march right up to him and she would tell him, 
respectfully so he couldn't then say that you know oh she did something terrible but she would stand up for me and she would rescue me and she would say no this is not okay it what she is doing just fine like you know he'd say she can't go to dinner with you Rachel she has to come home with me and he would say no she is my sister I want to spend some time with her I'm taking her to dinner and I will bring her home and I mean just stuff like that and so I've just immersed my brain in thinking about those things and then t- when I talk about her, I've made an effort to to sing her praises and to to tell people the beautiful, awesome, great things that she does because she is amazing, amazing, strong, powerful woman. I mean, one of the most strong, loving, giving people I have ever known. And that wins. That love is all there is. And so sitting there with her and getting to experience her again in my life, it's just... Um, I just, there aren't words to convey the joy. And I just, my ego and my soul are at war, just like all of us. We have our ego and we have our truest, deepest self. And the ego keeps track of the rights and the wrongs and assigns value to people based on how they treat you and how they make you feel. And if someone makes you feel less than, your ego's like, hmm. That doesn't feel good to the to the system, so I must protect myself. I gotta tell myself something bad about them so that it doesn't hurt that they said something bad about me. The ego is constantly trying to build and puff ourselves, puff puff me up. My ego trying to puff me up, trying to protect me, telling me the story. But she said this, but she believed this. All of these things, because they may or may not be true, regardless, they protect me. And I can sit there in all of my righteous indignation and say, you did all of these things wrong. And you know what? I need to hear an apology and I need to hear it listed out. You know, that would make the ego feel good. But ultimately, you know what my soul wants? My soul wants my sister. I want my sister. I want my sister here. I want her heart near mine. I want to love her. I want to feel her heart. I want to see her. The ego has to die because that doesn't matter. And when we set down what we're owed, quote unquote, to make things right, quote unquote, our soul is the one that suffers, not them, our soul. My heart was aching because I wanted my sister and my ego kept me from reaching out and kept me from trying again saying, you've tried a bunch of times and it always falls flat. You have to stop and protect yourself. Well, some of that's true, right? The ego isn't like always lying, but ultimately, you know what? I got it in me. I'm going to try again. I'm not going to stop trying to have a relationship with my sister because my soul loves her soul. She's my blood. She's my sister. I want to be near her. I want her in my life. And it may cost me something, i.e. my ego, to say sorry for something. I don't even really know what I did. But guess what? It doesn't even freaking matter. It doesn't matter. Love. Love is the only thing there is, and it's stronger than all the things. And just looking her in the face and saying, I'm sorry, I meant it. Anything that I have done, I am sorry. I don't ever want to hurt my sister. I don't ever want to cause her pain, and I clearly have. Whether I really did or the perception of it, whatever, I am sorry. And the truth is, my soul, I love you. I love my sister. And so it was so redemptive when we reject the ego and we embrace the soul it costs us something it, and, it, and it, I feel it I felt it. it it was hard it wasn't easy especially when you don't really know what you're apologizing for we want to know we want it to make sense we want to defend ourselves but what is all of that energy doing it's keeping the gap between my soul and her soul it's keeping the gap there 
And by saying, you know what, I don't need to do all of that. The ego can just die and you swallow and you just say, nope, I love you. You close the gap and now your hearts are lined up. And it's not quote unquote fair, but you know what? (laughs) It's beautiful. It sets you free. It set me free. And we had this great weekend of, we went shopping, we girl talked, we talked about boys and dating and how terrible dating apps are. I mean, my sister and I are both single. This is a time when we should be having fun and laughing and talking and, and, and being close. We're single, we're trying to date, uh, we're having the same disastrous nightmare uh, dating stories. I, I have just kind of started dating. She's got a little more experience than me. She's been single longer. Um, and she, I can learn a lot from her. She can save me a lot of trouble. So we had a great time. It was awesome. So I encourage you, if you have a rift between someone and there's a real good reason for it, is there really a really good reason for it? And what does your soul say? It's way easier said than done, but I, I'm sitting here. I can say this because it just did it. And I'm no hero. I, I saved myself. And I got my sister back. And you know what it cost me? My ego. You know what my ego has ever done for me? It's never done anything for me. So consider thinking about that person, thinking about the love. Go back in time. If it's a sibling, go back in time and reminisce about all the fun, all the good memories before any of the stories, before any of the anything happened. Connect with your inner child in that inner child of that person because it's love and that force that you feel when you go back there that energy that you get and the smile that invariably comes across your face that is truth that is life that is what transforms you and then eventually them I firmly believe that our relationships can be healed this way I really do I'm two for two and I'm gonna keep working at it and guess what this week I started, this one's harder. It's a lot harder. I started doing this with my first husband, my son's father. I'm not there yet, okay? I'm not there yet. But um, when my son was in the dentist office and I had to talk to him about insurance and you know follow-up appointments and all that stuff because I don't live in his town and his dad does and um, he's on his dad's insurance, We had a really great exchange. We had a really great conversation. And it's the first time in a long time. I mean, I don't, I don't remember having a conversation with him like this. We just don't talk. Um, There's a lot of pain there. And guess what? Justified, legitimate pain. Because this relationship of ours was terrible. And when I was married to him, he was a mother effing monster. But I have tried really, really, really hard to imagine that just like I've grown, he's grown. Even if it's not in the ways that I think he should grow or it's enough, I have to imagine that life has taught him things too. We don't have to be best friends. We're never going to be best friends. But we have a son together who we both love. We don't see parenting the same. We never have. Okay, there's just I could go into long, long stories about all of the nightmares of this whole situation. But guess what? Hating, I, I don't hate him. I can honestly say I don't hate him. I've never hated him. Um, but there's bad energy there and it steals my ability to live my fullest life. It steals my ability to fully, fully be me. Now you can hold people accountable and you can put a boundary so people can't hurt you again, but you also can foster and build on the good energy 
what there is to love. And I loved that I was able to reach out to my son's father and for the first time really get what I was hoping for, which was a conversation and coordination and kindness and respect. And instead of being like, well, finally, oh, well, it's so nice you answered my phone call or my, you know, like I could have been a total raging, justified jerk face, you know, because I could have been like, oh, so nice that you finally care or, oh, I mean, I could have and no one would have blamed me. But what would that have done? It would have continued to make that rift between us bigger and wider. And instead to say, this is so nice. Thank you so much. Like he eased a lot of my stress. He, uh, he's going to help pay for stuff that, you know, my son can't afford. How kind. He didn't have to talk to me like that. He could be like, you're my ex-wife and I hate you. And I mean, he could have said mean, terrible things too. And we didn't. And so, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build on that. I am going to take that energy and that goodness and I'm going to continue to foster it. I sent him a text um, to follow up. Hey, have you heard from Steve? How's it going? Thank you for your help. Thank you for loving our son. Thank you for being there for him. I thanked him because he has. I may not have a good relationship with him. I haven't, I mean, this doesn't erase anything, okay? I'm not saying erase things. And there are people in your past that you cannot talk to for whatever reason. But in this situation, it cost me nothing to say to this man, thank you, because he has been there for my son. He has done things for my son I haven't been able to do. He has been a good father in many, many instances. Instead of saying, well, you've been a crappy dad and now finally you're showing up which may or may not be really true, uh, it's true, um, to say, no, thank you, thank you. And you know what? He said, you're welcome. I love my son. Thank you. The end. Now, that conversation was all positive, good, loving words between two people who shared a life and who share a son. It, we don't need to go to have coffee. We don't need to pick wildflowers and make daisy chains together. But I feel so good about that conversation. It gave me life. It fed my soul. So this last weekend with my family and that little tiny conversation with my sister that reset everything has me so um, inspired, has my heart so full and light and energized and believing that so much is possible um, when I continue to feed my soul and choose the things that bring life to me. And the number one only source of life, the only source of life, you guys, is love. You are created from love. The earth spins because of love. The ocean moves because of love. Love is energy. Anything that has energy within it, that's love. The same energy that makes the waves crash and then gently sweep and then ripple. All that energy, big, loud, powerful, or gentle, beautiful, soft. That's the same energy that makes your heart beat. It's life. It's life. So I encourage you, think about those interactions. Think about the people that are difficult. Think about those rifts. How can you put your soul in charge to make those gaps narrow, to make those rifts less expansive and make your soul in charge? Let your soul lead. Your ego never gave you anything you need. Your soul has given you everything good thing you every good thing you cherish came because you honored and listened to your heart of hearts. So getting back to the beach this week, 
after being gone for the weekend was like oh my gosh it was so behind on all the things but so nice to be back to the beach we had really cold weather last weekend and i know cold is a relative term depending on where you live but uh for florida for south florida super duper cold it's like 40 degrees and when you're at the beach trying to do boot camp and it's windy and it's 45 50 degrees it's miserable and i don't want to be there and nobody else wants to be there so we lost some momentum with our boot camps um and people didn't want to come and so it's just kind of like it's been a kind of get back to business with the boot camp and then just getting you know getting back to the grind i do boot camps um, I train clients at their home gyms and out in the park. Um, I have my group coaching programs. Um, just lots going on. And so it was just a really full, awesome, busy week. And um, I, I went on a, a couple of dates. And uh, it's so much fun. You know, dating is like, uh, it's either terrible or lovely. Like you, you meet somebody and it's a nightmare or you just... <sighs> I haven't dated very much. And so I don't... It's just all very confusing. And there's so much unspoken stuff in dating that I don't understand. Like, I don't operate that way. Dating is the only arena where, where certain behaviors are accepted. Like, like completely and totally never speaking to someone again out of nowhere. Um, like, saying things you don't mean. Basically lying. Lying to people's faces. I mean, that's just accepted, you know? If someone isn't lying to your face, it's like, wow, you're actually a nice person. But you don't really know. And so it's just so hard because you have your guard up. Um, And I don't know how it is for everyone. I only know my experience. But it seems like guys especially will say things on a date that make you think that they're planning out potential future dates. So they want you to feel like they're looking at you like a potential match, like a girlfriend or a potential partner. When really... They're just trying to get laid. Um, And I know that I'm telling you probably all of you are like, "Uh, duh, Kristen. Well, you know what? I am new to all these things. Um, I haven't done a lot of dating. And I don't typically just randomly don't trust people. I usually take people at their word. So if someone meets me and they're like, this was really fun. I can't wait to take you to do this or that. I think, oh, cool. Like they want to see me again. So, of course, I'm confused when they don't respond and then you never hear from them again. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we were going to go mountain biking. Well, I don't want to go mountain biking. But you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. And so, anyway, I went on a, I went on a coffee date this week. I'm learning coffee dates are, are the way to go because it's the middle of the day. You, you know, you have a set amount of time. It's coffee. You don't have to worry about food. I can, you know, I, I don't feel bad making someone, not making, but I don't feel bad if someone buys me a $3 cup of coffee And then I don't ever see them again. But I have a really hard time going to dinner with someone knowing they spent money on me and then never seeing them again. I have a hard time with that. I don't like that someone spent money on me and got nothing out of it. (laughs) I feel like, I don't know, it's weird. And I have this conversation with lots of my girlfriends. They're like, uh, that's how it goes. Well, it just feels weird to me. Um, I mean, I like it. I really, really think it's so nice to be taken out on a date and have someone buy me dinner. I will tell you, it has very rarely happened to me. Even the guys that I've actually dated, most of them are incredibly cheap and want to split everything halvesies or are happy when I suggest, hey, maybe I'll get this, which that's my that's an instinct for me. Like, I don't mind paying for meals. And I've just dated a lot of guys who are like, okay, cool, thanks. And then I realized, like, you know... It'd be nice to be treated like a girl. Like, I, it's a privilege to be 
out with you and I want to buy you dinner. I mean, maybe that's entitled of me. It feels entitled. So I don't honestly think that way. But I I legit have not even really dated many people who have bought me dinner. It means so much to me when someone buys me dinner. I don't take it for granted, nor do I think I just deserve it because I move air in and out of my lungs and I'm a female. I don't. And I know some women do, and I'm not knocking that. If that's how you feel, totally fine. That's just not how I feel. I feel really, really honored when someone buys me a meal and feels like that's an honor for them. It's like, I don't know, it really touches my heart. And so when I'm on a first date with someone, if they're buying me dinner, I feel very obligated. I feel very much like, okay, I need to do something to make this money worth it or something, which isn't good in a dating situation. And it's not good for me because I, you know, I, a lot of guys there, you know, that that's something they want. And if I don't want to give that to them, uh, then I feel very stuck. So just being very honest, it's hard for me. I don't want to get in a situation where I feel obligated and yet it's easy for me to feel like I have to. And this is something I'm working on. I know whatever. So anyway, coffee dates are the way to go because I don't feel bad if someone buys me a cup of coffee and I never see them again. I, I shouldn't say that. I feel only a little bad. I do feel bad. I really do. I really do. I feel bad. And so, but I'm grateful. So anyway, I had a coffee date with this guy and he was amazing. He was super, super nice. Liked him so much. So he asked me out on a date date, like a pick you up at seven date. Like that's like when I would watch movies when I was, you know, like it, when I first got TV and I was watching movies and there was like a guy meets girl and he goes, hey, can I take you out? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I'll pick you up at seven. I've always wanted that. I've had two of those in my life. Um, and then this week I had a third, so I'll pick you up at seven, which actually didn't end up picking me up because it was walking distance, but had a really nice meal. And then the plan was to go for a walk, um, on the beach path where I live. And so we walked for like, I don't know, two and a half, three hours and talked with such great conversation. And then went back to the same diner to sit down and have more coffee because neither one of us wanted to stop talking. This was such a nice date. It was such a nice date. So then I got asked out to go on another date. So I have had three dates in one week with this guy. And it was really, really, really fun. So it's like dating is either like this frustrating, awful thing or it's really fun, you guys. What's not fun is just going out in general. I went out for a ladies night last night and I'm like, I keep trying to go out and have fun and do different things. And, you know, like girls are like, hey, let's go out to Ball and Chain. It's this Miami staple it's been there like 50 years and let's go out let's have girls night we'll drink we'll dance whatever I'm like okay I'm gonna go out I have more fun um and so it was nice I love my friends the place was beautiful the music was really fun but I just I'm not I don't like to go out and dance I like when we do full moon dance party here on the beach and I can just put on a sundress and it's dark and I can dance around in music and just have fun with my friends and be silly I love that that kind of dancing is I'm totally into it but dressing up and going to a nightclub and then there's these old Cuban men who want to dance with me and I don't know how. I'm just like, you know, I just want to sit here and hang out with my friends. But you can't talk to your friends because it's super loud. So everyone's screaming and I, I don't know. I realized I'm like, you know what? Stop trying to make fun happen. Just just stop saying yes to things that you already know you don't really like. I know I'm trying to say yes to everything that is new to me. I want to have new experiences, but I already know I don't like these types of things. So like, let's just stop trying. But So I am going to be having more fun with my girlfriends doing different things. Melinda, who came, she loves to play games. Okay, you know what we did in homeschool and in cold church? We played games because we had no media. And she likes to play games. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
game night. So the things that I really do love, I love game night. Now, if I can incorporate my love for cigars with game night, and maybe there's some pets there and my favorite people, this, now we're talking fun for Kristen. So anyway, um, Friday night, I was supposed to go on another date with... uh, I need to come up with a nickname for this guy. Like, um, my friend, my friend Michelle and I, when Michelle was dating, um, she would tell me about all of her dates and we always had a nickname for him. So there was the tot, there was Hambone, there was Rico Suave and the one she eventually married Greeny because he had green eyes, but turns out he actually doesn't have green eyes. But anyway, I don't have nicknames for, I guess my dates, but anyway, I was supposed to go on another date. So nice. This guy is really nice, but I was so tired. I worked, I don't know. 85 hours this week between all the things that I do plus I went on these dates and didn't get much sleep um I was like I can't do it I'm so sorry and so I took a nap but then neighbor Dave my next door neighbor who is super rad invited me over for Shabbat dinner because he had friends in town and I'm like I look like crap I'm I just woke up from a nap he's like we all look like crap which sorry neighbor Dave's friends if you're listening he said you look like crap so barefoot I walked next door neighbor Dave's friends were there they had all this like Chinese food. He'd made some salmon. He made some vegetables. It was almost all food that I could easily eat and stick to my macros because I'm, you know, I'm a pretty strict macro plan right now. And the most amazing conversation with the kindest, funniest group of people. I had the best time. Just so nice. Neighbor Dave is from New York. He's here for the winter. Um, he's really tall. He's really funny. He He's a realtor and um, he he's a sales rep for Peloton. Um, he's not actually, he's a banker and he wears, all of his clothes have the Peloton logo on them. There's some story about like a $1,200 credit with Peloton. I don't remember the story. I think he made it up. I think he just really loves their aesthetic. Um, (laughs) and we're talking pants, shorts, shirts, everything neighbor Dave has, has the Peloton logo on it. So, um, needless to say, when I get emails from Peloton saying like new collection has dropped, I am forwarding that to Dave every single time. Hey, it's time to shop again. In case you need some more, I don't know, maybe they have flip-flops this time. Anyway, Neighbor Dave was super nice to uh, have me at Shabbat dinner. So what's cool about Shabbat dinner, and I've been invited to a lot of Shabbat dinners in this building. There's a lot of people here that are super kind to me. And when I first moved in here, I didn't know anyone except a couple of guys. Um, there's There's a lot of Jewish people here, a lot of Jewish people in the building. And so I think it's so awesome. Like it's a tradition that, you know, we... We in evangelical world, we didn't have a, a ritual Friday night dinner. We had, you know, you go to church on Sunday and then you go to Pizza Hut. Um, but, you know, Shabbat dinner, it's Friday night. It's depending on how devout you are, I think, is the, the, the situation. But, you know, you put your phone away for... I think it's 24 hours or 12 hours. I'm sorry. I don't know all the ins and outs. But basically, the phones are gone. Everyone's sitting down having a meal together. They say the prayers, um, break bread... And it's, it's a ritual and it's tradition. And I love that there's millions of people at the same time um, in their time zone doing this, this tradition. I think it's so beautiful. I love, I love it. And I've been a part of it here many times with people in my building and the fact that they invite me. I feel so loved. I feel so welcomed. There's something so beautiful about it. I love it. It's just, and so Friday night I was exhausted and I got to go next door and have Shabbat dinner with neighbor Dave and his friends. And it was, it's just, I don't know. I, you guys, I live such a blessed, wonderful life here. That's all. I told neighbor Dave I wasn't going to talk about him in the podcast. And now he has to listen. And so basically all of you 
um, in my life. I'm going to talk about you in the podcast, so you have to listen. This is how I'm going to get my listenership up. So there's your shout-out, Neighbor Dave. I love you. You're the best. Neighbor Dave's Neighbor Dave's really hot, okay? He's like six foot something. Like He's like six four maybe. He's really tall. He's really hot. He's super funny. Yeah, he has terrible style, um, but... Um, I adore him and it's my goal to make him very uncomfortable by shamelessly flirting with him even though you know he wants to get married and have babies and that's never going to be me Um, by the way if you want to marry neighbor Dave and have babies I can totally hook you up because we need to find neighbor Dave a wife because he's a catch he's a catch he's a catch he's a catch anyway all right now I'm done talking about neighbor Dave he's going to literally come over here and strangle me but that'd be fine because wouldn't that just you know that would just solidify the awkward Today we're talking about your personal brand. So think about yourself if you were a company. So if I was Kristen Inc., Kristen Incorporated, which actually I kind of am because I work for myself now. Um, What's your personal brand? Um, There are so many situations in life where we show up and we show up because we're working for something. So, you know, you go to your job, you show up because you're getting a paycheck or because you're working on a specific project. Um, you show up with the expectation that you're getting something in the exchange. And especially when you're working for someone else, um, this is where it really kind of plays out. But this can be applied to all areas of life. But the reason I'm talking about this is I had a conversation with Randy. A lot of you remember Randy. He's been on the podcast before we did 75 Hard together. So my podcast on 75 Hard is actually head and shoulders above all the others as far as popularity. It's been, I don't know, it's got a lot of plays. Um, 75 Hard is an amazing um, mental toughness challenge. If you haven't done it, I really encourage you to check it out. Listen to the podcast um, that Randy and I did. And then also Andy Frisella is the brainchild. This is the, um, he's the brilliant CEO of First Form, whom I represent um, as a legionnaire. And then he has the Real AF, Real AF podcast um, for entrepreneurs and just for human beings. He's amazing. And 75 Hard is a mental toughness challenge. Randy and I did it together. And then we did the entire year long live hard program that Andy Frisella came out with. And so Randy's been on the podcast a few times. Most of you who follow me all the time love Randy. Um, Randy is still in Minnesota. Um, I lived with Randy when I was in Minnesota and he's still a really important person in my life. So I was talking with him recently because he has been working for a big company for a really long time. I don't know how long, I think like maybe 15 years. And he's, Randy is uh, an engineer and he's brilliant. And not only is he brilliant, but he's got an amazing um, character and integrity. And he's an amazing, loyal, longtime employee. He's just, Randy's very loyal. Of all the things of Randy, he's loyal. And he operates with impeccable character and integrity in all things. If you know Randy, if you've met Randy, and if you listen to the podcast, you know this. He's just, an, he's just one of those rare people. Um, I have so much respect for him. I'm so grateful that we've stayed friends. Um, but he had this situation. He's been working for this company for a really long time. He's done some really big projects with them. Um, uh, I obviously can't go into detail on a podcast about all of the ins and outs of his job, but he, um, he's been working for many years getting ready to do this project that would take him over to the UK. And, um, he's talked about it since I've known him. It's a very long project. 
uh, he's been very excited about it. Like he's gave his word to support this program. And this last fall, he was packed up, ready to go, uh, do phase one of this program. Very, very excited. Um, involved being away from, you know, the U.S. and his daughter for a while, closing up his house, packing everything up. And long story short, somebody made a really, really big mistake um, and he wasn't able to go. Travel wasn't approved. Um, he wasn't able to go. The client was upset. He was obviously shocked. And um, it was a really big deal. And because it's a big company, they're not you know, obviously going to be like, oh, sorry, our bad. And there was some, you know, HR speak of the reason why, kind of covering their butts. Nobody would admit the mistake. And uh, Randy was really upset. I mean, very, very upset. And it was very demoralizing to be like, I've been working on this for so long. This project is really important to me. The success of it, you know, he carries that. He takes it very, very seriously. This has been his baby. And his reputation is very much tied to this project. And he has done so much work. And so just very, very, very low. Um, no, no understanding of what the resolution was going to be, if there was one. And ultimately, they just started putting him on projects that were dead, demoralizing projects to kind of give him something to do after this was pulled out from under him. And so, um, and they, you know, offered him different jobs in the company and all of this stuff, but just so hard for him because when you're working that hard on a project and then it's just taken, gone it's it's terrible and so just lots of conversations of um you know this for him this feels like one you know he was getting ready he was in officer training school with um with the marines he his dream was always to be a marine he was in the marine corps and something happened with his foot he went into the doctor he has lymphedema which is a, on a very short list of certain medical conditions which would completely disqualify you for military service and bam, oh, sorry, we're sorry, sir, you, you're done. Just like that. Like, sorry. Uh, totally pulls the rug out from underneath you. Uh, I thought that this was going to be my life. Um, so that, uh, along with other things in his life where he's like, I worked so hard and then it was all for nothing. And this just feels like that. And how can I go take a different job with this company knowing this is how they operate, that they screwed up and no one will own it, that they're not loyal, that they're not showing integrity and character? How can I show up and do all of this knowing that I'm working for an unethical company and unethical people? And it was just for Randy, this is like everything. Like he gives loyalty, he gives everything, and he expects that that's going to be returned. And with humans, you can expect that in relationships a lot of the time, but when you're dealing with a company that's going to lose millions of dollars if they own that they made a mistake, they're not going to choose the apology. They're going to choose the, you know, get over it, you know, tough noogies, we did nothing wrong, you know, wordsmithing because they have to. It's money. They have stakeholders. Um, and so even knowing that, it's it's just hard for someone like Randy who is so principled so in these conversations he's like you know I'm going to do this other project and it's just really hard like I'm showing up I'm doing all the things I'm doing the best I can like I always do but it's like how can I it's so hard and um and I was trying to give him a little pep talk and this conversation turned into this idea of what's your brand when you show up you aren't showing up to that you know that facility representing your employer you are showing up representing Randy Randy Inc. That's who's walking in the door. 
And Randy Inc. stands for hard work, problem solving. You, you are on time. You're punctual. You listen to a problem. You solve problems. You bring all of your energy. You come back at second shift. Randy Inc. sticks with a problem until it's solved. Randy Inc. goes above and beyond. Randy Inc. stops and mentors the young engineers that come in and don't know what they're doing, that teaches. That's who you represent. So who is Randy Inc.? It doesn't matter what project they put you on. It doesn't matter because wherever you are, you are not representing your bosses or your company. You are representing you. So who are you? What's your brand? And I ask that question of all of you. This has been rocking my world this week as I have been internalizing this. What is Kristen Inc.? What is my brand? When I sit down with a new person who is coming to me for guidance and help in in the programs I offer, what am I bringing? When I step out onto the beach to run a boot camp, what am I bringing? Whether there's one person that comes, sometimes that happens, that happened this week, or there's 20 people. You know, obviously it's easier to run a class with 20, you know, bodies of energy, but what if there's only one? What do I do? Am I demoralized and defeated and go, well, no, no, nobody likes me? Or do I say, no, uh, Kristen Inc. is running a workout. This is what you get from a Kristen Inc. workout. When you show up and, you know, your bosses are mad or, or, or things are not the way that they were represented to you, do you say, well, this sucks. How dare they? Or do you say, I show up anyway as me, as Kristen Inc., as Randy Inc., as Melinda Inc., as Neighbor Dave Inc.? Who are you? What is your brand? Because... You know what happened with Randy is his bosses and his company, it got talked about amongst the powers that be. And of all the people that they know in that company that they do not want to let down and then potentially lose, it's Randy. And so you know what he got? He got an apology. Okay, that might sound small, but for the powers that be to come to him and say, you know what? We really screwed up and we're really sorry. That's huge because they don't have to. <laughs> um, they, they certainly took a while to do it, making sure it wasn't going to you know, really cost them anything. But the bottom line is, is Randy has represented himself so well that they want to do business with the company of Randy Inc. And they don't want to lose that asset because as they've been dealing with all of this and they've been sending him into these terrible projects with like unfixable solutions, he's still shown up as the engineer that he is mentoring, teaching, cheering up, cheering on, fixing, assessing, helping, even though it's like the worst possible work they could possibly give him while his dream project is taken away from him. That is what we can do as human beings, no matter what the outcome, no matter what's given to us when we don't get what we think, when it, oh, it feels like it was all for nothing. No, it's not all for nothing. You show up as you, no matter what happens, period. You're not promised anything anyway. You don't show up and do a good job because you're going to get a promotion. You may never get a promotion. You may not get a paycheck. Your company could fold tomorrow. And you need to decide every day how you're going to show up anyway. I have to do that. It's a small comparison, but for me, in the work that I do, I have to show up that way anyway. I sit down with potential clients and I tell them that I can help them and I listen to them and they walk away and they don't work with me. But does that mean the next time I sit down with someone, I need to be like, whoa, they don't, nobody really likes me. Maybe I shouldn't do this. No, I have a brand. 
I have something that I'm bringing to the table. If you don't work with me, you know what? That hour you're going to sit with me, you're going to feel loved. You're going to feel cheered on. And even if you don't work with me, I'm going to still cheer you on. I'm still going to love on you. I'm still going to be your biggest fan. That's just who I do, whether you pay me to coach you or not. Whether you ever talk to me or not. Whether Randy gets to go across the country and or across the world and do a project that has a lot of meaning for him or not, he's going to show up. So the way that we do this is we really, really have an opportunity to decide what's our brand? What's your brand? I encourage you to take some time this week to think about what's my brand? What do I bring no matter what? What do I want to bring no matter what? How do I want people that interact with me to feel when they walk away from me? How do I want my bosses to talk about me when I'm not in the room? What kind of impression do I want to leave? Why am I doing this work? Why am I in the field that I am? What am I getting out of this if I never get a paycheck, if I never get a promotion, if I never get another client? Why am I doing this? Because what Randy understood is, you know what? I haven't done the prep work for this project to get to go. I've done it because it needed to be done and I knew that I could do it well. And so I did it well. I've done it with the best of my ability. I have put everything into it, not because I was going to go do it, but because that's what I do. So when they send me to these other facilities and it's a total wasteland of like these projects are going to die, I'm still going to show up. I could phone it in because you know what? They're not going to fire me right now because, you know, they know they screwed up. He's basically got job security. Randy could show up and half-ass it for the rest of his career and they never fire him probably because they know they screwed him over. But Randy would never do that because that is not who Randy Inc. is. That's what I'm talking about where we really connect so hard with who we are that doesn't matter if people mistreat us or we don't get what we want. We show up in that way because it's who we are. So who are you? My program that I have right now, it's called I am and then a blank. I am what? What are you? Who are you? What do you bring to the table? Take some time. Come up with your personal brand. Make a list. I am a problem solver. I am tenacious. Um, I am a cheerleader. I always say, I'm a mirror. I hold up a mirror to you. I want to reflect back to you who you are, even if you can't see it. Um, I am energy. I am hope. Whatever it is, um, maybe maybe you have a niche that no one else has. Write it down and, and ask yourself, if I never got paid again and I was independently wealthy, but I had nothing to do and I had to go to my job and simply pass the time, how would I show up? Would I show up any differently than I am now if I wasn't getting paid? What if my boss said, you know what? I'm really sorry. Our company is going under tomorrow. I can't pay you today. I need you to work today and I cannot pay you, but we really need you. Would you go home or would you say, no, I'm going to bring one more day on me everything I got? What is it that you would bring? These are such interesting questions that we can ask ourselves to come up with a really powerful I am statement. And from there, you have your, your launching point. When you show up, how are you going to show up? Well, I'm going to show up as Kristen Incorporated. I'm going to show up as Randy Incorporated, period. That's what people get when they interact with me. Now think about your relationships. Who do you want to be in your relationship with your spouse or your partner? Who do you want to be in that relationship? Do you want to be love? Do you want to be support? 
Don't think about what you're going to get out of this relationship. When I sat down across from my sister and I said, I am sorry, I love you. I had no idea what I was going to get. But I had purpose that I was going to represent Kristen Inc. Kristen preaches love. Kristen preaches forgiveness. I believe in the power of love. And so sitting down there to be authentically me meant that I needed to be love. Love, bring the power of love to my sister, which is for me to set my ego aside and say, I'm sorry, and I love you. I am. Kristen is love. That's one of the things on my brand list. I am love. So when I sit down at that table, I need to exemplify that. So when people say, Kristen's coming, what are we going to get from Kristen Inc.? I really hope that people say, well, I'm going to get love. I'm going to get loved on. I'm going to get some laughs. I'm going to get some support. I'm going to feel better than when I sat down. That's what it means to bring yourself to a relationship. When your husband or wife comes in the door, what are they going to get? Who are they going to interact with? What's your brand in your home? What's your brand with your children? What's your brand with your friends? We get to decide these things and stand in the power of our own brand. Kristen Inc. Your name, Inc. Your name incorporated. I am love. I am energy. I am power. I am life. I am joy. I am support. I am problem solving. I am tenacity. I am character. I am someone who mentors. I am a teacher. I'm a life giver. I'm a lover. I'm a fighter. I'm a cook. (laughs) I'm a caretaker. I'm a nurturer. I am the source of joy. Whatever it is, write it down. Hone your brand and bring it to every interaction. I would love to hear from you about what your brand is. And I would love to hear reflected back to me what you think my brand is. I'm still working on it. I've got a billion different ideas of things to do next. I have to be really, really confident in what my brand is so that I can bring value. I don't sit around here and think about things to do where I can bilk money out of people. I want to bring value. I want to offer things that people need and that I can offer from my heart and soul. So what is your brand? What is my brand? If if it's hard for you to do this, think about someone you really love or someone you respect and imagine what their brand is if you had to write it out. Think about the best person you've ever worked for, the best person you've ever worked with, the best job you've ever had, the boss that's made you felt the best. Why? What was it about them that made them such an amazing person to work for? Um, Think about your neighbors. What makes a neighbor Dave a great neighbor? He's reliable. He's funny. He's kind. He lends me stuff. (laughs) He's humor. He's understanding when my dog walks into his living room. Um, You know, my mom. What's my mom's brand? My mom's brand. She's incredibly hardworking. My mom's the hardest worker in the room. She's amazing. She's a caretaker. She doesn't always come off the way that, you know, my my dad probably appreciates, but my mom takes care of my dad. She makes sure he's got all the things. She's a caretaker. That's how she shows up. So what's your brand? Kristen Inc. Melinda Inc. Whatever your name is, Inc. Incorporated. Um, So there's your, there's your homework for the week. What's your brand? I am. I am tired. I am done podcasting now. (laughs) I am a bodybuilder. I am a weightlifter, so I'm going to be done podcasting, and I'm going to go pick up the heavy weights and put them down, and then I am an Imagine Dragons fan, so I am going to their concert tonight. It is the first night of the Imagine Dragons world tour, and it's kicking off here in Miami, and I have one seat on the floor, 
in front of the stage. For me, myself and I, I'm taking myself to a concert of my absolute favorite band ever, and so I'm super excited. So that is what I am doing. Um, I would love to hear from you, so let me know what your personal brand is, and I encourage you to write it down, hone it, and show up this week um, representing your brand. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.